Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 283. Today is March 9th, 2019. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Today in this episode, I'll be discussing with you my thoughts and opinions on all things related to dividends, special dividends, ex-dividends, why you want to own dividend-paying stocks. We'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do, I just want to give you some quick commentary on the stock market, what's happened this past week. And this is going to be quick because I'm going to follow up in the next episode and give you a really in-depth market analysis. But for now, I know a lot of people are panicking because, oh, scare, gloom and doom, the market was down uh, 2% this week. Yeah, about 2%, maybe a little more. Certainly nothing to worry about. In the scheme of things, that's nothing more than noise and static. For clients that had excess cash and capital, we actually went in and bought some ETFs on Friday. And I was very encouraged by on Friday. And this is what I want to mention here. If you look at the price volume activity that took place all week, and then specifically how the S&P 500 ended the week, you see that there didn't appear to be any panic selling, no extreme volumes, And if anything, I think you could call this a very orderly pullback. And the bright side of all this is that the S&P 500 closed at the very top of its daily range. That's always a good sign, and it's particularly a good sign after you've had a week of pullbacks. And so for the market to end on a positive note like that, I found it very encouraging. But hey, you're going to have to wait to the next episode when I come back and do a deep dive into the stock market. Because what I want to talk about in today's episode is a topic that's long overdue. I've talked about it in past episodes. I think we might have even had one episode dedicated to dividend-paying stocks. And then, of course, I, I mentioned I always bring that up as I talk about new stocks that I'm purchasing because I do tend to purchase dividend-paying stocks. Now, that's not to say that I only purchase dividend-paying stocks because, for example, I own Google right now. Google is not a dividend-paying stock. That's okay. Google is still a growth stock. It's really amazing that Google is such a growth stock because it's been around such a long time. It's just a company that remains very innovative and a company that has a huge competitive advantage and a big moat around its business. And so while it doesn't pay a dividend, it certainly has amazing cash flow, very low debt, and what I believe is still plenty of runway left in its growth strategy and extremely innovative on top of all that. So that's one reason why I would own Google, even though it's not a dividend-paying stock. Ah, but I digress. Let me get back on track here for a second. One reason that I want to talk about dividend-paying stocks is because I did get a lot of questions from people late this week about dividend-paying stocks. And the reason that spurred the conversation, on Wednesday, I sold shares in a a dividend-paying stock that I owned, and that's Rio Tinto. Rio Tinto is a company that's in the basic materials sectors. They're basically a mining and mineral company and very well known for their interest in copper mining. I purchased Rio Tinto in September of last year. This is at one of those points when it wasn't at the lowest point of the market, but it was one of those times when the market was falling apart. And I think that the headline that I used for the blog post where I purchased Rio Tinto and several other stocks at the time, it was something about, you know, blood running in the streets. People like Warren Buffett and other investment luminaries always say the time to be buying stocks is when the blood is running in the streets. That you should be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. 
Well, that was one of the metaphors or headlines that I had used when I bought this stock back in September, because particularly in international stocks that I was purchasing at the time, the blood was really running in the streets. Incidentally, Rio Tinto, for those of you that don't know, it is a London-based stock. It's a United Kingdom-based stock. So it is a foreign stock. So why did I buy it back then, other than that there was a lot of turmoil on the market? Well, the price had dropped precipitously since the summer months. The price of copper was plunging. And yet with all that, when I looked at the balance sheet and the other fundamentals of Rio Tinto in particular, and of the basic materials sector in general, well, I thought things were just fine. And so I thought that long-term, or even in a near-term trade, there would be capital appreciation in that stock. And oh, by the way, and this gets on to today's topic, Rio Tinto pays an amazing dividend. As I currently record this, I believe the Rio Tinto dividend is somewhere north of 4.5%, uh, maybe even up as high as 4.7%. I think back when I purchased the stock, because the price was significantly lower, that dividend was definitely closer to 5%. So it was a company that not only paid an amazingly high dividend, it's a company with deep pockets, it's a company with a history of surviving a lot of feasts and famines that always take place in the mining industry. And so my strategy was to buy that stock at a lower price and then hold on to it, collect that dividend, wait for the storm clouds to pass, and then to sell it at a significant capital gain. And that's exactly what happened, except, you know, it wasn't easy along the way. The path to profits is not without speed bumps and detours and rough roads along the way. I bought that stock in September. It started to move up and began to form a chart pattern that I refer to as a hook and barb pattern. But that pattern fell apart, particularly after Jerome Powell's comments, the Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, right around October 3rd of last year, he came out and he said that the Federal Reserve is going to keep raising interest rates because we were a long way from neutral. Those words threw the market into a tizzy and eventually led to the lows that we saw on Christmas Eve. So while things were starting to look really good for Rio Tinto and the other basic material mining industries, things fell apart after there was a fear that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates. It hit another low in November, and then after another false recovery, things totally fell apart. And late in December, the stock was trading, I believe, I don't know, $44 a share or something. It was abysmal. But you know what? I didn't panic because all the same fundamental reasons that I had purchased this stock back in September, they were still evident and realistic in December. And so again, I just sat through it. I wasn't happy about it, but I let those losses ride. I knew I was receiving a reliable dividend and I was pretty darn sure that the economy and the economic situation was nowhere near as bad as all the talking heads wanted you to believe it was. And so I held on to that stock until last Wednesday. And lo and behold, once things did start to improve, the price of Rio Tinto bounced off that level at about $45 a share. And I was able to sell those shares at above $59, locking in a very nice capital gain and I use this as an example of exactly why you would want to be purchasing dividend-paying stocks, particularly when you can buy them at the right price. If you can get into a stock like Rio Tinto, when it's down below its 100 and 200-day moving average, if you can buy that stock at a time when everybody else is in a tizzy and worrying about the economy falling apart, 
Well, that's the perfect entry point to get in to a large blue chip, very stable company that's going to be paying you a reliable dividend that's well above the norm. As I mentioned, Rio Tinto right now is paying something above a 4.5% dividend. That's well more than twice as much as you would receive in a dividend if you were just investing in the S&P 500 index. And those are exactly the type of investment opportunities that I look for, particularly when I'm investing in my retirement account. And that takes me on to the next point about dividend-paying stocks. The reason they're so phenomenal to not only invest in, but to hold in your retirement account is because of the reliability and the consistency of them. Now, you're not likely to get the kind of returns on a traditional dividend-paying stock that I just did on Rio Tinto over these past you know, six months, but that's because I bought it at precisely the right time. But the general reason you want these dividend-paying stocks in your retirement portfolio, and particularly the closer you are to retirement, or even more importantly, if you're relying on your portfolio to provide you growth and income in your retirement, then these are the kind of stocks you're looking for. Because if you just go into bonds or you just go into fixed income, well, it's fixed. There's not really going to be any upside. You're only going to receive the coupon or the yield on the bond that you're invested in. But on the contrary, if you're investing in a higher-than-normal dividend-paying stock, then you're not only receiving that amazing yield, but you're also likely to be getting some type of appreciation in the future because you're investing in a well-managed, blue-chip company that's engaged in a business model in a dynamic economy that's likely to be worth more in the future than it is today. So you're collecting that reliable dividend, just like you would from a bond, but then you've also got that upside potential, which is going to protect you in an inflationary environment. And these above-average dividend-paying stocks are especially important to have in your retirement portfolio because you've heard me say many times in the past that when you're retired, your overall strategy to make sure that you don't outlive your money is to limit your withdrawals from your retirement company to about 4%. That way it keeps the money perpetual, and as long as you're managing it correctly, your portfolio balance will stay the same or, in fact, even increase over time because hopefully, on average, you're getting more than a 4% return on your money, and so now your life savings is not only a portfolio, but it becomes an endowment fund that's going to outlive you. Now, of course, if you have some windfall gains, and some years you're getting six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 30% in some amazing years, well, of course you can draw down more than 4%. But you also want to have that war chest to continue to get larger because there are also going to be pullbacks in the market when you're not making any money. And so you're going to have to compensate for that as well. That's why the overall distribution of 4% makes so much sense. And here's how it comes back to high dividend paying stocks. You heard me say that Rio Tinto was paying well over 4.5% dividend. Well, if you could find those type of quality, high-paying dividend stocks in your retirement portfolio, and they were always throwing off that type of cash, then no matter whether we were in a raising market or a declining market, you would have that 4% dividend available to you to use as your income stream. And as long as you had the discipline and did not panic during the downturns or during the soft spots in the economy then you wouldn't suffer any realized losses. And over the long term, when these stocks did appreciate, you'd eventually sell them, take a capital gain, and rotate into other stocks 
to rebalance and reallocate your portfolio as market conditions changed. Now, the other thing that's great about owning dividend-paying stocks, and particularly those type of companies that are very well managed, is that on occasion, you not only receive the dividend, but you get what's called a special dividend. And that's exactly what happened this quarter with Rio Tinto. Rio Tinto's profitability was so high this quarter that the management decided to issue a special dividend. So how this all worked out was, is that Rio Tinto's management had set apart $1.80 a share to be paid out for the final payment of the 2018 fiscal year. And because earnings had grown so substantially this past year, there was a lot of excess money left over. And so a special dividend was declared in the amount of $2.43. That brought the final overall payment, which went ex-dividend last week, to $4.23, which represented more than 7% of the value of the stock. Now, this type thing doesn't happen every day, and that's why we call it a special dividend, but it does happen more than not And that's because whenever these large legacy-type companies have this much of an increase in profits, they really don't have anywhere to invest the money. And so rather than just plow the money back into the business, they issue it as a special dividend, which goes directly into the shareholders' pockets. So again, another reason why I like large, above-average, dividend-paying stocks. Now, this takes me to a couple other points, and again, getting back to the story of why I'm covering dividends in this episode, and that's because this past Wednesday, when I had announced that I sold Rio Tinto stock, and the reason that I gave for selling this stock was that I was concerned that copper prices had gotten a little bit too frothy, and that I felt that they were likely to pull back, and so I posted a chart showing the relationship of copper price to the stock price of Rio Tinto. By the way, that's all posted over at investablewealth.com under the alerts and commentary blog section. Everything that I've posted there for the last six years is documented. It's in the archives. You can scroll through it at your leisure. You can also sign up for the free notifications where you'll get notified if I put out a new blog post, which primarily is related to these type of events where I'm making a change to my model portfolio. Now, occasionally I will blog about something else or I'll talk about general market conditions, but you don't get spammed. You can unsubscribe at any time and it won't be a surprise what you're getting because you can scroll through those archives and see what I've done in the past. That's what I'm going to do in the future. And so that's exactly what I did on Wednesday. I mentioned my concern about the price of copper topping out and that I was taking profits in Rio Tinto. Now, what's all this have to do with dividend-paying stocks? Well, on Thursday morning, I started to get contacted by a lot of people saying, wow, that was an amazing call. You sold Rio Tinto yesterday, and it's down 7 or 8% so far this morning. Well, I was busy doing other things and had a lot of meetings and client conferences scheduled for that day. So I had just been scanning my emails and looking at some of the phone calls that I had received, but I hadn't talked to anybody personally about it. And I really didn't dig into the details as to what was going on with Rio Tinto. And I thought, oh, well, I dodged a bullet and really gotten lucky on that one. Something must have happened to Rio Tinto stock. Obviously, my selling the stock the previous day and blogging about it had nothing to do with the drop in the stock price. And whatever unseen events had happened overnight, I certainly wasn't privileged to them. So I just kind of laughed it off and I went about my day. And then finally, when I did have time to go back and look at it, I realized that the reason that Rio Tinto stock had fallen so much was simply because last Thursday, the day after I had sold it, 
was the ex-dividend date. So what is the ex-dividend date? Okay, well, this is a little bit convoluted, but it's actually also very simple. So try and follow along with me. There has to be a day set in stone that specifies the day and who will be paid a dividend for owning a particular stock. That date is referred to as the record date, or some people call it the payment or the settlement date. But it's the date of record when everybody that's on record as owning that stock is paid a dividend based on the amount of shares that they own. The record date for the dividend and the special dividend on Rio Tinto's stock was yesterday, Friday, March 8th. So that's the record date. Anybody owning the stock as of yesterday will receive that $4.23 dividend. They'll receive that in payment in the coming weeks or months. You know, obviously, it's not like the money just materially shows up in your account the next day. They're paying out something, I think, in the neighborhood of more than $4 billion. And so it takes time to make that happen. But if you were an owner of Rio Tinto stock as of yesterday, March 8th, on the record date, then you'll receive that dividend. So that's the record date. What's the ex-dividend? Well, stocks don't settle on the same day you sell them. It takes two days for that to occur. And again, this is kind of convoluted because you would think in an electronic transfer technology that we live in, that the minute you sell a stock on an exchange would be when that money changes hands. But it isn't. A stock takes two days to clear. And so if you sell a stock on Wednesday, although the transaction is recorded that day and the price is noted that day, the actual money does not settle and does not clear for two full days. And that would mean that those funds are not available and that the transaction isn't 100% official until the second business day, which in this example was Friday. So since it takes two business days to clear and settle, that one business day in the middle is what's called the ex-dividend date. And it's called that because any investor that sells that stock prior to the ex-dividend date will not be an owner of record on the record date and therefore won't receive the dividend. Again, I know it's a little convoluted, and it may help to draw this out on paper, but there are really three main dates that are important when it comes to a company issuing a dividend. And so those three dates are the date that the dividend is declared, and that declared date is when company management comes out and makes it official how much will actually be paid out. Remember, the initial thoughts on the Rio Tinto dividend that the company was only going to pay out the normal dividend of $1.80. But when management gave their end-of-the-year report, they not only confirmed that they would be paying the $1.80, but they also declared the special dividend. And this declaration date is important because you don't have a contractual agreement to receive that dividend. A dividend is variable, and it's paid out at the discretion of the company's management. It's not written in stone. It's not guaranteed. And so first they have to declare the dividend, and that generally happens a month or so before the dividend's paid out. And then you have the ex-dividend date. And that's what took place this past Thursday. That's when Rio Tinto went ex-dividend. And understanding that ex-dividend date is important because remember, it takes two days for stocks to clear. So if you want to be on record as an owner to qualify for the dividend, you can't purchase the stock on the ex-dividend date. You have to purchase it one business day before. And then that final term that's important is the record date. And that's the date that 
all owners of the stock of record will be paid the dividend. And in the case of Rio Tinto, it was this past Friday. And so the question people ask me is, well, John, if the ex-dividend date was on Thursday, and if they were paying out this special dividend, why did you sell the stock on Wednesday ahead of the ex-dividend date? Because now I'm not eligible to receive the special dividend. We well, see, that's precisely why the price of the stock dropped. And I had known that the ex-dividend date was coming up, but unlike a lot of people that try and hype up buying dividend-paying stocks, I almost always totally disregard that date because at the end of the day, it's meaningless. And this is really what I wanted to point out in this episode. You see, the reason that Rio Tinto stock dropped so much on Thursday, the day after I sold it, and at the end of the day, it it dropped down right just a little bit more than 7%. The reason for that was because of the issuance of the dividend and stocks always drop on their ex-dividend day. They drop on that day because the value of the stock and therefore the nominal value of the stock price declines as well. The reason for that is that the company and the stock are worth that much less money because the dividend is being paid out. Imagine that Rio Tinto had a factory that refined copper or or a copper mine, and the factory or the copper mine was worth a billion dollars, and then suddenly something happened to it. It got destroyed or it could no longer function. Well, they would have to write off that $1 billion of fixed assets that they owned, which are no longer relevant to the company's bottom line. That would lower the overall value of the, of the company, and correspondingly, the value of the stock would decrease. Well, whenever a company pays out a dividend, it likewise decreases the value of cash that's on hand by the company. And so if they pay out a $4 billion dividend, then the value of the company has to be reduced by $4 billion. That has to come out of the value of the stock. And so if you owned Rio Tinto stock on Wednesday, and it was valued at $59 a share, and you didn't sell it, you held it through the ex-dividend date, and then on Friday, March 8th, you were on record to receive that $4.23, which is going to be paid out to you in the coming weeks. Well, that $4.23... That subtracted from the nominal value of the Rio Tinto stock when the market opens on Thursday morning because Thursday is the ex-dividend date. So on the close of business on Wednesday, the stock is worth over $59. And Thursday morning when the market opens, that same Rio Tinto stock opens at a price of about $54.77. There's no gain or there's no loss because you're either on record as an owner of that stock and you're going to get paid the dividend, or you're not. And I was not on record because I had sold it the previous day. So I didn't miss out on the $4.23 dividend because I received that in the more than $59 that I sold the stock for in the previous day. Again, it may sound a little convoluted. The key point here is that unlike other people that talk about these weird dividend buying strategies just before or just after the ex-dividend date, I think it's all full of malarkey. There may be certain instances of stocks where you can get a bounce, but my observations on that is that that generally occurs in small, lightly traded stocks that I would never be interested in owning to begin with. And I think a lot of it has to do with pump and dump operations. And and certainly from the perspective of people that try and sell you trading courses, they're trying to play up a strategy that I just don't think exists. So go out and look at it. Look at any major dividend-paying stock. 
and look at the performance of that stock the day before and the day of the ex-dividend date, and I think more than nine times out of ten what you'll see is that the price differential is whatever the nominal price of the dividend was plus whatever the market fluctuation for the day was. And that's exactly what we saw with Rio Tinto stock this week. So, hey, does that make your head swell? Well, I hope it made sense. In any case, I love hearing from you guys. I don't always have time to respond back to each and every one of you. But the emails and the comments and the information that you provide me does help me decide what I will and won't talk about in this podcast. So please keep the information coming.